الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ولقد آتيناك سبعا من المثاني والقرآن العظيم صدق الله العظيم Most respected Ulamai Kiram, brothers and elders. In this ayat of the Quran Sharif that was recited, Allah Ta'ala is extolling the praises of another complete surah of the Quran Sharif. Can we imagine the rank of that surah of the Quran Sharif, which the Quran Sharif itself is highlighting? Allah Ta'ala says, وَلَقَدْ آتَيْنَاكَ سَبْعًا مِّنَ الْمَثَانِ Addressing Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that we have granted you the seven verses that are repeatedly recited. سَبْعًا مِّنَ الْمَثَانِ Mathani refers to something that is repeatedly said, done, here in this case recited. And this itself is Qur'an al-Azim, a very great portion of the Qur'an Sharif. This is referring to Surah Al-Fatiha. Surah Al-Fatiha is that surah which has to be recited, which a person has no choice but to recite it. Otherwise his salah won't be valid. And every day, every rakat, he's reciting Surah Al-Fatiha. Can we imagine the number of times that he is taking this message of Surah Al-Fatiha? Or he is meant to take the message of it. Once one Sahabi Rasulullah said to him, لَوْ عَلِّمَنَّكَ أَعْظَمَ السُّوَرِ مِنَ الْقُرْآنِ لَوْ عَلِّمَنَّكَ سُورَةً هِيَ أَعْظَمُ السُّوَرِ مِنَ الْقُرْآنِ I will teach you the greatest surah of the Qur'an Sharif. He was in the masjid at that time. He told him, before you leave the masjid, I will teach you the surah. The Sahabi thought it's going to be a very, very lengthy surah. Nabi Salaam said, the greatest surah of the Qur'an Sharif. As they were about to step out of the masjid, he reminded Nabi Wasallam, you told me you're going to teach me the greatest surah. This was their zeal for the knowledge of deen and to learn from Rasulullah that when he was told this, he was now all enthusiasm, completely eager that when I will get to learn it. And when Nabi Wasallam was stepping out, he thought it must not get left now because it's going to be a lengthy surah, we're already walking out. So Nabi Islam said, it is Surah Al-Fatiha. This is the surah which is the greatest surah of the Qur'an Sharif. One of the reasons is that this is a summary and the crux of the entire Qur'an Sharif. And as a result, this has been made necessary to be recited in the Salah. Person's Salah won't be valid without reciting it. So what is the message in this surah? What is Allah Ta'ala saying to us? What are we supposed to be taking deep down in our hearts? So to get a brief understanding in this time that we have, Allah Ta'ala commences by saying, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Just on the note of its virtues, one very important virtue as well. That this, among the names of this surah is also Surah Shifa. On one occasion, one person was, the Sahaba were out somewhere on one expedition 
and they came across somebody who had been afflicted with something. So in any case, one Sahabi said, yes, I know something that will help him. He recited something and blew on him. And this person came out of that, whatever was done to him in the form of sihr, black magic, whatever it was. When they returned, when the Sahaba returned, this whole incident was reported to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa There are other details in the incident as well. We're just cutting it to the main point. Nabi Islam called him and asked him, what did you recite? So he said, all I recited was seven times Suratul Fatiha. And then I blew on him. Nabi Islam told him that, how did you come to know that this is Suratul Shifa? That this Shifa in this. Many a times we run to many other avenues in order to try and get things sorted out. Whatever is within the limits of Shariat is in its place. But the first step is what is the Sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu And what is directly established from him. There cannot be anything better than that. There cannot be any wazifa, any amal, anything that can be greater and better than that which has been established directly from Rasulullah Among the other things that have been established as a means of relief from all these various kinds of forces is the Mu'awwazatain, the recitation of the last two surahs of the Qur'an Sharif, Surah Falaq and Surah Nas. But then apart from that in particular, Surah Al-Fatiha. For any ailment, person recites seven times Surah Al-Fatiha, the very important thing in all this is the yaqeen, the conviction that indeed what Nabi Islam has said to us, this is 100% correct. And to the extent of the yaqeen, a person will derive the benefit. So in any case, in this surah, Allah wa ta'ala says, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Alhamdulillah, all praise, every praise and any praise for anyone and anything. This is all due to Allah Ta'ala alone. Any praise for anyone or anything, this is due to Allah Ta'ala alone. One is a person is praising Allah Ta'ala, so obviously this is the praises of Allah Ta'ala. But if he is praising some person, for example, in reality that praise is also for Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala has blessed him with that bounty, with that ability, with that skill. But whatever he might have as a kind of what we deem as perfection, that praise in reality is the praise of Allah Ta'ala. Like a person praising a picture that some artist has drawn, some scenery, and he is really astounded by how well he's drawn the scenery. Obviously, to draw anything with animate objects, this is impermissible, is haram. In the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Islam said that among the people that will be punished with the worst punishment of the day of Qiyamah, are those who draw pictures of animate things. In that zamana and time it was drawn by hand. Now it has taken a more modern and more sophisticated method of being drawn by various instruments, cameras, etc. But this is something which is totally impermissible. In any case, that artist's picture that he has drawn, that scenery, now a person is praising that picture. What is the picture? The picture is lifeless. It's the artist he is praising actually. He is astounded by the scenery and he's praising it. He's praising the hand of the artist. But subhanallah, how well this person has drawn it. Likewise, a person praising anything in dunya, 
In reality, this is a praise for Allah Taala. If this has settled in the heart of a person, on the one side, it will eliminate every iota of pride. That I also have nothing that is mine. If I think that I have some kind of perfection in me, or I'm very good at something, or I'm very, a very smart businessman, or I can do things in a very, very efficient manner, or whatever it might be that I deem to be some kind of good in me, is not mine. It's all from Allah Ta'ala alone. Allah Ta'ala has made it possible to do that action, to do that work, to have that skill, to be able to do something in a very professional manner, whatever it might be. It's from Allah Ta'ala alone. So when it's Allah Ta'ala's gift, it's His bounty, what right do I have to be proud of something that belongs to Allah Ta'ala? Like a person driving somebody else's car and is boasting like it is belonging to him. Any moment that owner will come and take it back, then he'll just get left on standing on the road. Likewise, a person should be afraid also that if he starts making claims about himself, starts boasting over the na'mats and bounties that Allah Ta'ala has blessed him and forgets Allah Ta'ala. Allah forbid he gets left standing on the road. That those na'mats and bounties can get snatched in one moment. So this is the first lesson that comes in this surah of the Quran Sharif. That Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. All praise is due to Allah Ta'ala who is the Rabb of all the worlds. The Rabb, that being that nurtures everything from its very inception to its perfection. That takes it through all its stages and takes care of all its needs through every stage. That is Rabb. And Allah alone is Rabb. Everything else is the makhluk of Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala nurtures every single creation in this world and not just this world, Allah Ta'ala says Al-Alameen, it's a plural. All these worlds, whether it is the human world, whether it is the animal world, whether it is the plant kingdom, whether it is something beyond this realm of this world that we can see, the galaxies and whatever might be there, and whatever man will never be able to fathom. Whether it is the world of the malaika, or the world of the jinnat, or whatever it is, Allah alone is the Rabb. And when Allah alone is the Rabb, we have to turn to the Rabb of everything. Turn to Allah alone. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. All praise is due to Allah Ta'ala, who is Ar-Rahman. Ar-Rahman and Ar-Rahim both come from the same root of Rahma, of mercy and compassion. Rahman is that complete comprehensive Rahmat of Allah Ta'ala which has encompassed every single bit of his creation. Even the disbeliever is benefiting from this mercy of Allah Ta'ala. Otherwise in the Hadith Sharif it comes that if this entire universe, if it had the value of the wing of a mosquito in the sight of Allah Ta'ala, ma saqa kafiram minha shurba, if this was that amount of worth of the this whole world had in the sight of Allah Ta'ala to the extent of the wing of a mosquito, Allah Ta'ala would not have given a disbeliever one sip of water to drink because it's too valuable. And he is rejecting Allah Ta'ala. But this world doesn't have that value in the sight of Allah Ta'ala, not even the wing of a mosquito. So because of this compassion of Allah Ta'ala, even that disbeliever is eating and drinking in this dunya. He is also enjoying the na'mats of Allah Ta'ala. He is also breathing the air of Allah Ta'ala for free. 
So this is the all comprehensive Rahmat. And Rahim is the more intense form of Rahmat, which every believer only will benefit from on the day of Qiyamah. This will be exclusive for the believers. So this is again giving us this very important message that all things that we want, we turn to Allah Ta'ala. Because all Rahmat and mercy and compassion is from Him. Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. Maliki Yawmiddin. Allah Ta'ala is the master of the day of judgment. Master, Malik, you understand this word, in Urdu is used, it's used in other languages. An owner, a master that has complete control over something. In dunya, everything belongs to Allah Ta'ala as well. But a kind of limited control, limited ownership Allah Ta'ala has given insan. A figurative ownership. In reality, Allah alone is the owner. But in order for this insan to conduct his day-to-day life, to be able to fulfill his needs, Allah Ta'ala gave him some kind of limited ownership. So he calls things, this is mine, and this belongs to so-and-so, and this I can have full use of, and this is in my control. But come the day of judgment, on that day, nobody will have any control over anything. Allah alone will have control over everything. And Allah Ta'ala will make that control very apparent to every person. When everything will for one moment be gone, كُلُّ شَيْنْ هَالِكٌ إِلَّا وَجْهَ And Allah Ta'ala will then ask, لِمَنِ الْمُلْكُ الْيَوْمِ لِلَّهِ الْوَاحِدِ الْقَهَارِ Who belongs to all kingdom today? Belongs to Allah Ta'ala alone. So this Surah Al-Fatiha, this reminder is in Surah Al-Fatiha, as we said right at the beginning, every rakat of every salah we are reciting the surah. Every day, Fajr Salah, a person already is reciting it, his sunnah is reciting it, Allah gave him tawfiq, he woke up for tahajjud, he is reciting it. He is reminding himself from morning, from tahajjud time till isha, till that nafil he performed after isha. He is reminding himself of Maliki Yawmiddin. Allah Ta'ala is the master of the day of judgment. The day of judgment is coming. That is a reminder he's giving himself. In dunya, many a times it seems like, like, like a person gets away with things. He seems like he did what he wanted, trampled somebody's rights, defrauded somebody, took away somebody's property, usurped something. And he felt, well, what happened? Nothing happened. Life is carrying on. Oppressed somebody, what happened? Nothing happened. Allah Ta'ala is reminding us in every rakat of every salah, Allah Ta'ala is making us remind ourselves. Maliki Yawmiddin, the day of judgment is coming. Nobody can escape it. And on that day, there won't be any rands and cents as currency. On that day, the currency will be amal. Person has harmed somebody in dunya, he will pay back with his good deeds on the day of Qiyamah. And according to some narrations, one dirham, which amounts to a few rands, He's taken wrongfully from somebody in dunya and did not settle that debt, did not settle that matter here in dunya, did not pay it back, did not gain the person's forgiveness. On the day of Tiamat, 500 accepted salah will be given in return. 500 accepted salah will be given in return for that one dirham. So Allah Ta'ala is reminding us, remember the day of judgment is coming. Every word that a person has said, he'll have to account for it. That justice will be meted out on the day of judgment to the extent that Nabi Islam says in the Hadith Sharif that Hatta yuqadalil 
لشاتل جرحا من شاتل کرنا ان دنیا ایون اف ہارنڈ شیپ شیپ وتھ ہارنز اٹ اٹیکٹ اے شیپ ود آؤٹ ہارنز آن دا ڈے آف قیامت دا رولز ول بی ریورسڈ دا شیپ ود آؤٹ ہارنز دیٹ واز اوپریسڈ ان دیٹ کانٹیکسٹ ول بی گیون ہارنز اینڈ ایل ٹیک ریونج یس دا تھنگ فار اینیملز دیر آفٹر ایز کون ترابا آفٹر دیر جسٹس ہیز بین میٹڈ آؤٹ دے آل بیکم ڈسٹ فنش بٹ انسان نو نو انسان ول کنٹینیو ٹو ایگزسٹ either he will be in jannat allah taala take us all safely to jannat allah forbid otherwise will be jahannam so this is the reminder that every rakat we are giving ourselves as reminder of maliki yawmiddin and what we are being reminded about is that rather settle the accounts today before we stand in front of allah taala on day of qiyamah then day is too late to now settle accounts day is the currency of good deeds thereafter allah taala says iyyaka na'bud wa iyyaka nasta'in this is an entire dua surah al-fatiha is teaching us the method of dua as well that a person commences with the praises of allah tabaraka wa ta'ala and he acknowledges the greatness of allah ta'ala and then he puts forward his needs and obviously in the ahadith we learn to also recite durood sharif upon rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam at the beginning of the dua at the end of the dua but obviously in salah in surah al-fatiha this dua will be recited as in surah al-fatiha iyyaka na'budu wa iyyaka nasta'in first we are acknowledging ya allah you alone do we worship because allah taala is the unique being that has all these qualities that we've just discussed nobody else possesses this all praise is due to allah taala alone allah taala is the being of all mercy and compassion Allah alone is the controller and the master of the day of judgment so therefore nobody and nothing else is worthy of any worship only Allah is worthy of worship this tawhid this is the foundation of a mu'min's belief without this tawhid being pure then a person's entry into jannat itself is gone this tawhid has to be 100% pure ya allah you alone do we worship You alone are the creator. You alone are the sustainer and nourisher. Nobody gives anything but Allah Ta'ala. Allah alone gives children. Allah alone grants shifa. Alladhi huwa yut'imuni wa yasqeen. Wa idha marittu fahuwa yashfeen. The Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala is giving us the incident of Ibrahim Alayhi Salatu Wasalam. Who spelt out to his people that I worship Allah Ta'ala alone. Allah is that being. يُطْعِمُنِي وَيَسْقِينِ Who feeds me, gives me to drink. Nobody else. وَإِذَا مَرِضْتُ فَهُوَ يَشْفِينِ When I get sick, Allah alone gives shifa. Nobody else. Yes, the pious people, we will ask them to make dua for us. They'll make dua also to Allah Ta'ala. They can't give shifa. They too will make dua to Allah Ta'ala. Ya Allah, you grant him shifa. We have a problem, we'll ask the pious people because we have more hope in the acceptance of their duas. But they too will make dua to Allah Ta'ala alone. They can't give us anything. They don't have anything in their control. They too are dependent on Allah Ta'ala. But yes, we have greater hope in the acceptance of their duas. So we will ask them also to make dua. We will ask everybody to make dua. But Allah alone is the giver. Allah alone is the one that grants that shifa. That grants those children. This tawheed must be 100% clear. And since Allah alone is the one we worship, 
Iyakanastain. Ya Allah, you alone do we seek help from. Nobody else's. If we seek help outwardly from somebody for some day-to-day thing, that too has to be with the yaqeen that if Allah wills, this person will help me. Because Allah Ta'ala is the being that does, not this person. Yes, it is permissible within that limit, in that context, somebody has some work to do, he is asking somebody, please assist me. But that conviction must be deep down in the heart. This person is not the person that has any ability on his own. Allah wills, it will happen. One person came to Harun Rashid and he asked him for something. He said, look, if, if you give it to me, Allah Ta'ala is the giver. Wallahu al-mu'ti wa anta al-bashkoor. Allah is the giver. But, but you also will be thanked. I'll be grateful to you also because you have been the apparent means. So we have been taught to appreciate the means as well. The person who doesn't appreciate the means, lam yashkur in nas, lam yashkur one who's not grateful to people hasn't been grateful to Allah Ta'ala also. But the conviction must be clear. The giver is Allah. So he said, if you give me, in reality, the giver is Allah Ta'ala. Wa antal mashkur. But you will also be appreciated. And if you refrain from giving me, then the one who has actually held it back is Allah Ta'ala. Wa antal ma'zur. And you are excused. Because Allah Ta'ala did not allow you to give it. If you don't give it also, you are excused. Allah Ta'ala is the one that has held it back. So in any case, this Many a times we have some problem, some difficulty, some hardship. We go about everybody, asking everybody else for something. Allah forbid. We even go about trying to solve that problem by asking in a way that actually draws down the wrath of Allah Ta'ala. Person has a financial crisis. First thing he's thinking about is holding the manager to ask for a loan on interest, which draws down the azab, which further complicates the problem. And when everything a person failed everywhere, now he decides to ask Allah Ta'ala. Whereas the starting point is to start off asking the giver. Person makes two rakat salatul haja, makes sincere istighfar, and then begs Allah Ta'ala. Ask Allah Ta'ala for his needs. And then on the level of means, if he is asking somebody, for example, for a loan, no problem, provided it's within the limits of Sharia, there's no interest involved in it. That's a whole chapter on its own that a person should avoid getting into debts unnecessarily. But the lesson we are discussing is to start off asking from Allah Ta'ala alone and to ask in the way that a person genuinely asks. Unfortunately, we beg from others and we just recite something to Allah Ta'ala. That dua also is just recited. We hardly ask. And we actually beg from others. Whereas we should be begging from Allah Ta'ala and mentioning it to somebody we want some help from. We beg from Allah Ta'ala alone first. Then on the level of means we mention it to somebody. Look, if you can, you, it's possible for you to assist me with, I need this little help. I'll appreciate it. Full stop. But we beg Allah Ta'ala alone. So in any case, this Allah Ta'ala is saying, إِيَّاكَ نَعْبُدْ وَإِيَّاكَ نَسْتَعِينَ اِهْدِنَ الصِّرَاطَ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ Then now this dua, we acknowledged, we praised Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala, acknowledge Allah Ta'ala's greatness. Now we are presenting the greatest need that we have at any given moment. اِهْدِنَ الصِّرَاطَ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ Ya Allah, guide us to the straight path. Surah Al-Fatiha, as we mentioned, is necessary. The rest of the Qur'an Sharif 
is not recited in every rakat. A person has a choice to recite from any portion of the Quran Sharif to the minimum of certain amount of ayat. But Surah Al-Fatiha he cannot do without. And every rakat he has to recite. And every rakat he is presenting this greatest need. This is a dua. Again, this too has to be recited in Salah also. But with this mindset of dua, I am asking Allah Ta'ala. I am asking Allah Ta'ala for hidayat. Allah guide us to the state path. This guidance to the state path is the greatest need that a person has. Hence Allah Ta'ala has put it in Surah Al-Fatiha. Without this guidance, one is the guidance of the most fundamental nature. The guidance of Iman. After having been blessed with Iman, he still needs guidance till the last breath of his life. This guidance is what is also termed as tawfiq. Without the tawfiq and the ability that Allah Ta'ala blesses a person, he can't do anything. We came in the house of Allah Ta'ala now, we came with the tawfiq of Allah Ta'ala. We are therefore every moment and fraction of a second dependent on Allah Ta'ala for his tawfiq. To be able to do what is right, to be able to stay away from what is impermissible. Otherwise we slip somewhere and the tawfiq gets uplifted. Then a person is trying, he's saying, but now I want to give up this bad habit, I want to do this, what is right, I just can't seem to get anywhere. Because of our ill deeds, the tawfiq got uplifted. Now that requires a major effort to come back onto track and draw back the tawfiq of Allah Ta'ala. So this is that hidayat that we require at every moment and we ask this hidayat for ourselves and the entire mankind. Ihdina sirat al-mustaqeem We are asking for guidance. Allah Ta'ala is then giving us the manner of acquiring this guidance. That where it will come from? In whose footsteps we have to follow? Allah guide us to the path of those whom you have shown your favor to. Who are these people? Now the Quran Sharif is teaching us this path of guidance. The source of guidance is the Quran Sharif itself and the ahadith of Rasulullah The Quran and Sunnah are the sources of guidance. And Surah Al-Fatiha, every day, every rakat, we are bringing this request of ours forward. Ya Allah, guide us to the state path. The simple thing should have been that we are told to ask, guide us to the path of the Quran and Sunnah, which is the path of guidance. But this is expanded. Allah Ta'ala says, the path of those whom you have favored. Another ayat of the Quran Sharif that is spelled out. سِرَاطَ الَّذِينَ عَمْتَ عَلَيْهِمْ مِنَ النَّبِيِّينَ وَالصِّدِّقِينَ وَالشُّهَدَاءَ وَالصَّالِحِينَ The path of the Anbiya Ali Musalaam, the Siddiqeen, the highest rank of awliya, and the martyrs and the pious personalities. Why the path of these people? It's a path of the Quran and Sunnah. Another ayat of the Quran Sharif also Allah Ta'ala says, وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَا مِنْ قَبْلِكَ إِلَّا رِجَالًا نُوحِي إِلَيْهِمْ فَاسْأَلُوا that we have sent people who we sent wahi to, the Amiya Ali Musalam. But then Allah Ta'ala further says, if you don't know something in deen, then what do you do? If a person doesn't know something about law, he's got a case on, what does he do? He starts googling how to fight the case. No, he doesn't google anything. He goes to find an attorney, a lawyer. Because it's a very critical situation. It could mean that if he loses his case, Whatever the situation is, maybe he could be thrown into jail. Or maybe he'll lose his whole property. Whatever the case might be. So now he doesn't take chances. 
because his dunya is at stake. Allah Ta'ala said, you don't know about deen, don't take chances. There's one portion of the Quran Sharif which deals with ahkam, with laws, with rulings. This requires people of knowledge who understood the, what is being stated there. Allah Ta'ala says, فَاسْأَلُوا أَهْلَ الذِّكْرِ إِن كُنْتُمْ لَا تَعْلَمُونَ Ask the people of knowledge if you don't know. Allah Ta'ala doesn't say, go straight to the Quran Sharif. The people of knowledge will tell you from the Quran Sharif and from the sunnah of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. But, like a person doesn't just go to the Google in order to get his case sorted out, in order to get that engineering done of his home, in order to get all other general things also, he goes to the experts of the field. So the portion of the Quran Sharif that deals with ahkam, this is something that a person doesn't take chances with. Here he'll probably lose his dunya, he takes chances in deen, he'll lose his iman, he'll lose his deen. And this is the method that has been given to us by Rasulullah himself in the Quran Sharif, this is there, that we will follow people of guidance, for the guidance of the Quran and Sunnah. When Nabi Islam said, Hazrat Mu'az bin Jabal radiallahu ta'ala to Yemen, he instructed the people of Yemen, I'm sending Mu'az bin Jabal to you, you follow him. And Nabi Islam gave him guidance of how to lead the people in all their matters of deen. Whereas the Quran Sharif is there for them. Nabi Islam said to them, I'm sending Mu'az bin Jabal, you follow him. Hazrat Umar sent Ammar bin Yasir and Abdullah bin Mas'ud to Kufa. He sent along a letter with them that I have sent to you Ammar bin Yasir as a leader. He will take care of the whole affairs of this of the place. Well, Abdullah ibn Mas'udin mu'alliman wa wazira. I've sent Abdullah ibn Mas'ud as a teacher and advisor. Then further down he says, ta'allamu minhuma waqtadu bihima. You learn from them and you follow them. You follow them. They know better how to lead you and they know what is the message of the Quran Sharif and the message of the Sunnah. They will guide you. Once one person came to Abdullah bin Abbas and Urwa bin Zubair rahimahullah, and he said to him, you've misguided the people. What, what do you mean I misguided the people? He says, you passed this fatwa which is against the fatwa of Abu Bakr and Umar In other words, you made some ruling, but that ruling contradicts these two great personalities. Abdullah bin Abbas said, this is your problem. I have extracted this ruling from a hadith. Now, I am quoting the hadith to you, and you are saying I must follow Abu Bakr and Umar. Who is greater? The hadith of Abu Bakr and Umar. So, Urwa bin Zubair, rahimahullah, was a tabi'i. He replied and said, Kana a'alama minka bi Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Abu Bakr and Umar, radiallahu anhu, knew Nabi sallallahu alayhi better than you. They understood the meaning of that hadith better than, than, than you. And therefore, their ruling didn't come from their pocket. Their ruling didn't come from their imagination. Their ruling came from the hadith of Rasulullah But they understood the hadith better than you. The narrator, Ibn Abi Mulaika, was narrating this. Abdullah bin Abbas kept quiet. He didn't reject this. He accepted it. Yes, what you are saying is right. This is exactly the point in this time and age. There are all kinds of new things happening. People will come with all kinds of new ideologies, and some will say, what do you follow? You follow Imam Abu Hanifa or the Quran? The Quran and Sunnah is what to follow, not 
But do we know what is the, the depth of the meaning of the Quran Sharif? Do we know it better but, than Imam Abu Hanifa, Imam Shafi'i, Imam Malik, Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal? They knew that the depth of the knowledge, they had the depth of the knowledge far greater than we can dream of. They haven't given us anything out of the Quran and Sunnah. They have codified the laws of the Quran and Sunnah. And we follow them not because we're following their imagination. We're following them because of their expertise in explaining what is the Quran and Sunnah. So in essence a person is following the Quran and Sunnah. But in obedience to the ayat of the Quran Sharif, فَاسْأَلُوا أَهْلَ الذِّكْرِ إِن كُنْتُمْ لَا تَعْلَمُونَ Ask the people of knowledge if you do not know. This is the message of Surah Al-Fatiha. Allah Taala give us a tawfiq that we imbibe this message deep down in our hearts, especially all the lessons that we discussed earlier. Allah Taala give us a tawfiq.